Well, can the church say praise the Lord? It is good to be in the house of the Lord. First night of Harvest Time Crusade. Amen, amen. Thank you for being in the house to all of our guests. Thank you for being here tonight. Amen. Let's make our webcast audience feel welcome. The church in the balcony. Amen. So good to have brother and sister Puckett back with us again. And uh, amen. Give them a great hand. They're deserving. We studied Wednesday night that, uh, you know, those that labor in the word and truth are worthy of double honor. So we're going to give you some double honor. Amen. I may not be able to give you a double portion, but I can give you some double honor. Amen. You may not want a double portion of me. You may want to find somebody that's got a little bit more. Uh, I believe that tonight as we have come, we have come with one mind, one accord. We want to see the Lord do something great in this service. Amen. I've come to lift up that name that is above every name. I've come to call on Him that sits on the throne. Oh, somebody give a praise unto our God and lift up your voice right now. Thank Him for being here. Thank Him for allowing you to come to harvest time. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. We've got uh, some announcements that we want to make mention of. Of course, tomorrow night we will have Brother James Chester with us. Keep that in mind. And then also Sunday, we're going to have Brother Michael Moppin, and we're going to have a dinner following service. So uh, if you know somebody that just wants to hang out with us, uh, maybe get some preaching, maybe get some food, just tell them to show up on Sunday. And uh, we want to uh, remind our praise team we'll be practicing one hour early each service. So Saturday at 6, Sunday at 10 a.m. Keep that in mind. Our men's meeting went so great. I'm, I'm excited about men's meeting. I really believe that the prayers of the men of this church is going to reach the throne. And we're going to see some things happen. Amen. Amen. That's going to be on the first Monday of the month, and that will be at 6 p.m. right here at Cornerstone. So if you want to be a part of that, come on and be a part of it. Uh, we sat around. We, uh, we had some pizza last time, so, you know, it's all good. Amen. And we uh, sat around and talked about the world events, talked about uh, revival, talked about people that need healed and delivered and filled with the Holy Ghost and all those things. So... We're looking for some great times with the men. Also, we want to make mention of the Christmas ornament exchange for the ladies. We'll be here at CAC, and that will be Friday, December the 1st at 7 p.m. And uh, our Christmas program is Sunday, December the 10th at 6 p.m. And then to close the year out, we always have our New Year's Eve celebration. While people are in Times Square... And they go early, and they get their hours and hours early. And they're all gathered up like sardines, and they're just standing there waiting for the ball to drop. Well, we're going to gather here, and we're going to gather together to lift up that name. Instead of watching something drop, we're going to lift up the name of Jesus. Amen? It's going to be a great time, and that will be from 9 p.m., to past midnight on Sunday, December the 31st. We always have a good time. Our testimonies, the blood of the Lamb, singing, we come to get victory. Thanking the Lord that we got through one year and getting ready to enter into a new year. 
Amen. We welcome our Pikeville family here today. Let's give them a great hand. Amen. Thank you for being in the house. Amen, amen. I'm just excited. Uh, me and Brother Dwayne was talking, and we just said, we just believe God's going to do something great here tonight. And uh, I didn't come just to sit and let Brother Puckett do all the work. I, I've come to be like, I remember Wednesday when I said, when a coon dog trees a coon, and, and the guy that owns the coon dog is saying, sick on blue, sick on blue. Well, we're going to sick Brother Puckett all over the devil tonight. And we're just going to have a good time. Amen. And uh, we just want him to feel right at home. And he's welcome to come up on the platform if he wants to. If you want to sit with your wife, you can do that. Ever how you want to uh, do that is fine with us. And uh, I'm sure that they'll be singing uh, just a little bit later. But uh, I want to go to the Lord in prayer, and we want to remember some folks that are not able to be here uh, tonight because of uh, sickness and, and uh, things that have come against them. Some have COVID, and some have other sicknesses, and uh, we want to remember uh, Justin Casey in, in prayer. He had surgery Wednesday. And uh, we want to continue to pray that the Lord just, just heals up everything uh, with his surgery. Uh, and also Kaisley Hinkle and Jake Dotson. This, this young man needs uh, the Lord. He needs the Lord. You know, you talk about some people that need the Lord. And then you know that some people need the Lord. You know, you, you, this guy needs the Lord in a most severe way. And... Uh, if, if the Lord don't undertake, he may not even pull through. That's how much he needs the Lord. So let's remember Chris Thompson, April Cook. Uh, Jack Casey is sick, so uh, let's remember him in prayer. And also Elizabeth Hope and the Phyllis Jean Harris family. This is Brother Harris's sister-in-law, so let's remember this family. I think uh, they start service tomorrow night, uh, Sunday, and tomorrow night, and Sunday and Monday the funeral. All right. And uh, so keep that in mind. That'll be at the Church of God in Jesus' name here at Phelps. And also, uh, let's just remember uh, Barb Sawyers and Renee Stiltner in prayer. And if you have a prayer request you'd like to make known by the lifting of your hand, oh, there's hands up all over this house, which means we believe God is able. I believe we ought to shout that God is able. God is able. Let's right now go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to allow us to be gathered here for another harvest time crusade. I pray, Lord, that you would just show your power, show your spirit, begin to move among us. Let people be filled with your spirit. Let people be moved with your spirit. Let us walk in the spirit. Let us feel something renewed in our life. Let revival break out from the front to the back, from side to side. Lord, I pray that you would touch the music department. I pray that you would touch the singers. I pray that you would bless Brother Puckett, that he would be able to give us a word tonight that is going to change our lives. Lord, we look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith, in the mighty, wonderful name of Jesus. Let Let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap.
a new name in glory. On that day you gave your life to the Lord, there was a new name in glory. The only thing that brings rejoicing to the angels is when one soul repents. And I believe that there ought to be some rejoicing uh, with God's people that we understand that if somebody just came to this altar, if one person just came to this altar, that heaven's atmosphere is going to change. Oh, hallelujah. We... uh, we have, as we said, so many people out and uh, sick and uh, some that wanted to be here. They're probably watching by webcast. And that's the reason we have the webcast is so when people are sick, they can still be in service with us. And we got people all across the U.S. and around the world that's watching tonight. And they love to worship with you. They love when you sing. I get so many comments of people saying, I love the way your praise team sings. And I just have to look at them and say they are special. And uh, I have an uncle and a, and a cousin who watches in Ohio. And uh, they, they love the singing. My cousin come up to me and she said, I was at her mom's funeral. And she said, you know what? I just love the way your church sings. I love it. Now you got to understand This is all Baptist background people talking. I just love the way your church sings. So with that said, you know what? We ought to feel like we're something special in the eyes of the Lord that He's going to allow us to gather together in one voice, one mind, one accord, lifting up that name so somebody out there can rejoice. Somebody out there can feel the presence of the Lord. Somebody can feel God like they've never felt Him before. So we're going to pray one more time. And we're going to ask the Lord to move in a mighty way for each and every one. Those that are watching by way of webcast, Lord, I pray that you would just go into their homes. I pray, Lord, that you would right now touch each and every one, those that have COVID, those that have sickness, those that are going through trials and trouble, those that feel like that life is just falling apart. Lord, I pray that you would go into their homes and you would change the atmosphere in their home, that they would look up and know that everything's going to be all right. Lord, I pray that you would just begin to surround your people, Lord, and protect us from the evil of the day, all that's going on on against your people, whether it is in Israel or in Gaza, whether it's here in Kentucky, Lord, protect your people from all the evil that is going on in our world. And Lord, we're going to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Could we one more time give a mighty hand clap unto the Lord?
he has been faithful. Hallelujah. We want to uh, take up tonight's offering. Give us the Lord blesses you. We'll ask our ushers to come at this time. And uh, I know the Lord is going to do something great every time we give cheerfully. And that means hilariously. If you look in the Greek, it's a definition that says you're overjoyed. You're hilariously given. It means that you're not giving, just saying, yeah, they're taking up another offering. No, you're saying, I get to give. I get to give. I get to give. Oh, what a joy it is. It's more blessed to give. Oh, somebody's reading their Bible. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence and thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here tonight and to be able to give in the offering. I pray that you would take what we give and you would multiply it and use it, Lord, to get glory out of it. And, Lord, we know that you're going to return some blessings upon us. And we know it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to give tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.
us and says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joys of the Lord. It's going to be a great time, and uh, I don't believe anybody's going to be disappointed. We're looking for mansions, but I don't believe mansions even going to be in our mind. I believe when we get there, there's only going to be one thing on our mind. I got to make it to Jesus. I got to make it to Jesus. Amen, amen. We are so honored tonight. As uh, Sister Puckett, if you want to make your way, I know that you're going to play and sing, and I'm going to introduce Brother Puckett. He is a friend that I met back in the 80s, and uh, he was at that time the, the Kentucky District of the ALJC uh, Youth uh, Director. He was over the youth, and uh, so he called me one time, and he asked me if I would come and preach. I guess it was a rally they were having at, uh, at Jefferson Town in near Louisville. And I said, certainly, because uh, I was always looking forward to going somewhere I'd never been. And so I went, and uh, me and him just bonded and made friends. I, I was friends with his dad and then became friends with him and we have just been good friends all through the years. And uh, he knows that if he needs me, I'm just a phone call away. And I, I feel the same way with him. If I needed anything, I believe I could call him and he would 
drop what he was doing, and if he could get to me, he would get to me. So I'm glad today to have my friend, a man of God, somebody who loves Jesus, somebody full of the Holy Ghost, somebody being baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. And he knows the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. So let's give a mighty warm welcome to Brother Puckett. Hallelujah. Brother Puckett, take it from here. Someone say praise the Lord. Lord. Clap your hands for the Lord one more time. Give God a praise. Hallelujah. God been blessing today. Won't be up this morning. Give me a safe journey here to church tonight. Fellowship with God's people. It doesn't get any better than that. Amen. We want to worship the Lord tonight. Amen. Let's worship with Sister Puckett before we go into the word of the Lord. And I'm sure she'll ask you to just lift the Lord up with her. But let's worship the Lord together. Sister Puckett.
Somebody shout hallelujah. They said, why stand you here gazing into heaven? For that same Jesus that you see taken from you shall return again. <laughs> I don't know about you all, but I feel that that time again should be any day now. I've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. I don't want to miss that. Do you? My God, it feels good in the house tonight, doesn't it? Praise the name of the Lord. God bless you for being in the house of the Lord. You may be seated just for a moment. It's good to be here. It's good to be together one more time in the house of the Lord. Amen. Some of the old faces that I've seen, God bless you. For the new faces I'm seeing, God bless you also. Uh, always good to see fresh faces in the house of the Lord. But I'm always glad to see familiar faces. That means somebody is maintaining somebody is carrying on they're going to make it amen but i am so thankful tonight to be here i appreciate the invitation from brother mckinney to come and preach tonight and i, I do count it as an honor uh, again i do love and appreciate brother and sister mckinney uh, deeply and sincerely they are as i we have had a friendship for a long time i will tell you the same thing uh, we can count on each other and that's good having somebody you can count on Somebody that you can depend upon, amen, uh, any time of the day or night, a brother or sister in the Lord, amen, without fear or favor, what may be uh, the reprisal of what takes place in their life or having responded, they can be there at any time, amen, to help you out. I love the people of God. Uh, you're my brothers and you're my sisters. I can't count on anybody else. I can't count on the world and you should not count on the world, amen. The world will fail you. He said, you shouldn't talk about my neighbors. You shouldn't talk about my co-workers. Unless they know the Lord, the world will fail you. But I'm glad today to know that uh, I can be among the family of God to worship one more time. Everybody say church is important. Doesn't that sound good? You just didn't say it for yourself. You said it because everyone knows that church is important. And I know that uh, you've heard your pastor minister on the value of being faithful to the things of God. Amen. When church day comes, uh, don't write it off as an option of the day. I get up in the morning, I decide whether I'm going to wear white socks or black socks. There's options. <laughs> but church should not be an option. When it's Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, church shouldn't be optional. It should be priority for that day. Whether it's revival or three-night service, Church should be priority for that day. So everybody say, put it first. That's right. Put it first. Be in the house of the Lord. The church with all its blessings and its benefits. Uh, I'm going to say this, the church. I'm not talking about uh, any organized effort for assembly. I'm talking about the body of Christ. It's so valuable. Amen. To be together, to know the Lord. And uh, I love the church. We need the church. Amen. We need it more desperately than you think you may need it. We need the church. But it's so good to be back in the house of the Lord. One more time. and Good to be back in Phelps. Amen. For Harvest Time Crusade. Uh, I don't know what I would be doing at this time of the day if, or the year or whatever it may be if I couldn't be here. I don't know what I'd be doing. I'd be sitting twiddling my thumbs wishing I was in Phelps. But I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord and it is good to be here. Uh, the Lord's been good to us and we're thankful for another year of service. 
good to see you in the house of the Lord today. Aren't you glad for the Holy Ghost today? Uh, I want you to open your Bibles with me. We're going to read from the 32nd chapter of the book of Psalms. Amen. If you're able to stand with us, stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. And again, I do want to give honor to your pastor and his wife. I love and appreciate them. Most of all, give honor to the presence of the Lord. Uh, anywhere you can go, anytime you can assemble yourselves together and, and feel something stirring inside of your heart uh, through a song or through a testimony or a prayer or whatever it may be, and you feel the goodness of God, uh, that ought to be counted as a blessing. Amen. So many people desire to be able to feel the blessings of God, and uh, they have a hard time. They struggle. But I'm glad today to know that we can feel the presence of the Lord. Amen. Well, if you're in the book of Psalms, chapter 32, I'd like for you to find verse 1 and 2, and we'll read there by the help of the Lord we'll try to preach. Psalms 32, verse 1. Blessed is he whose transgressions or transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. And everyone said, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want you to hold your Bibles close to your heart. And I want you to pray. And let's ask the Lord to bless the effort tonight. God, we ask you to bless. Lord, uh, the effort that we will put into doing, God, what you have called us to do tonight. Lord, I know your word is real. I know your word is true. It's valuable. And I'm asking you, God, that you would bless and anoint those that are hearing. God, help me to say what needs to be said in a timely manner. But God, most of all, let it penetrate into our hearts. And Lord, let it move into our life, Lord, and accomplish what you need it to be done in our life. And I thank you today for your word. Thank you for the reading. We ask your blessings in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. And everyone said amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Lord bless you. You may be seated. And before you sit down, look at your neighbor and says, tell them today that God's got you covered. God has got you covered. Have you ever told anybody that I've got you covered? Or somebody told you that and said that they had you covered? got your back. You heard someone say, I've got you six. Anybody have heard of somebody say, i got you six? You don't know what that is, do you? Well, if you were a, uh, an airplane pilot back in World War II, 12 o'clock was ahead of you. You didn't have all the navigational equipment like you have today. Six o'clock was behind you. So the pilots that was flying the aircraft behind the lead plane, they were saying, we got you six. We got you back. <laughs> and I get thinking about how it is that the Lord has always had your and my interest, amen, at heart. He loves you. Things may not be going your way a lot of times in life, but I want to, I'm here to tell you today that God is not out to hurt you. And he loves you. Can you say amen? amen? The world is going to suffer judgment, amen, but the children of God, the Bible says, he that the Father loves, he will chastise. You and I, as saints of God, we may get out of line sometime, but God will not pass judgment upon you. He will chastise you. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Praise you know why? He loves you. I didn't correct my son and my daughter because I hated them or because they didn't do what needed to be done. I'd done that because I loved them. I wanted them to grow up and be better people, be good, good citizens. And, you know, that's why you take care and you involve yourself even in people's lives. You want to see them become better. But as I was reading the scripture from uh, 
the book of Psalms, the Bible says, Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And it's been on my heart for several weeks, and by the help of the Lord, I'll do my very best to give you what God put in our hearts most recently. Um, we, we read in our Bibles about uh, the first man and woman in the Bible, the Bible calls Adam, and then later he names Eve. And they uh, were in a, a beautiful place, a garden that we all fantasize about, about its grandeur, what it looked like. But know this today, we'll not never understand its beauty. All we know is what the Word of God says. It was a, a paradise for man and woman. But the serpent uh, has done his damage. If you remember reading, he does his damage to God's creation. He, he drops the bomb and he waits to see the fallout. He waits to see the carnage of what happens after he plants that seed or he speaks to the woman and uh, tells her, you know, the story of how that he enticed her to eat of the tree. And uh, I want to say something to those of you that are paying attention to this, pay very close attention. Sin may be satisfying, but it requires a sacrifice. For the Bible says, he that sins, and if it, when sin is finished, what does it do? It brings forth death. If we don't get something to take care of that sin, we'll die. And the serpent told Eve the same thing. He says, uh, you shall not die. But the Lord said to uh, Eve, and he told Adam, first of all, he says, if you very day you eat of that tree, you shall die. The serpent says, you won't die. But the Bible tells us plainly that both of them died. They died spiritually and they died physically. It appeared that Adam and Eve had failed to weigh out the consequences of their actions when they partook of the tree. They didn't give it consideration. Uh, it was not like they didn't get some kind of directional guide. Most of the time when you purchase something, you buy a new electronic today, they give you a booklet about that thick to learn how to use it. They did, it's not like that Adam and Eve didn't have some kind of direction to give them the knowledge to know what to do. The Bible tells us that God himself spoke to Adam and told him exactly what needed to be done. And he spoke with them directly. And everybody say, Adam knew it. Amen. He was aware of it. Amen. If you look at verse 17 in the third chapter of the book of Genesis, God tells Adam about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, Thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest, Thereof thou shalt die. Someone say praise the Lord. All right, so if you'll look with me into the book of Genesis, I'd like to read to you from the seventh verse of the third chapter. And the Bible says, And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. They made themselves a covering of some kind to hide themselves. Someone say praise the Lord. Aren't you glad to know that uh, there is a great covering? Amen. Now, I, I know this today. It was, it was an effort to, to do their very best to try to cover themselves because the Bible says that they knew that they were naked. Now, I, I want to put a personal note in here, maybe not stray away from it too much, but just give you something to think about. Uh, the Bible tells us in that same chapter that the woman was made in verse 22. But if you read verse 25, the Bible says, And they both were naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. 
you look at verse 7 in chapter 3, the Bible says that their eyes were opened and then they knew that they were naked and they sewed together fig leaves. Amen? And if you look there, there, there was nobody else in the garden. There was no other couple. There was no other family. Adam and Eve had not had children yet. It was only Adam and Eve and at a certain time of the day God would come and would pay them a visit. There was no one there in the garden but them. Now, as I said, there was no one in the garden. They, they were without a covering all the time that they were in the fellowship of God. They didn't need anything to hide themselves from because everything was exposed and, and, and before God and there was no shame. No one else to see their nakedness or to make them feel that they were ashamed or even worse, afraid. For the Bible tells us that Adam, when he had hid himself, he hid himself, he heard the voice of God, and when God spoke where Adam was at, he asked him where he was at, and he told him, and for he said these words, he said that he was afraid. Yes. Remember that? Yes. Remember reading that he was afraid. Now, he wasn't ashamed before, he wasn't afraid before, but now after he had transgressed God's only commandment, they become ashamed and they became afraid of God. Today people will dress as revealing as they want. I'm, I can preach to you today because you're holiness. <laughs> Is that all right? People today in the world will dress however they want and God forbid it ever come into our sanctuary of men and women that are called saints of God. And they do it without shame and they do it without being afraid of God. <laughs> and I want to say this today, that therein lies the beginning of immorality. No one is afraid of God anymore. Have you not seen it? Look at the news. Look at the neighbors. Look at the magazines on the shelf. Look at people in the, in the store and no one's ashamed. No one's afraid of God anymore. But I want you to know something, that there come a time when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord and Christ. Can you say praise the Lord? There will come a time that they will need to know what they should have done. Someone say praise the Lord. And it's pretty much like what the serpent said to Adam and Eve. He said, you'll become as gods. Aren't they that way today? They're not afraid of the only God. They're not afraid of the true and living God. They feel that they have become gods themselves. Somebody help me preach a little while. I'll get there. It might take me a time, but we'll get there. Somebody say praise the Lord. They're not afraid. They're not afraid of God anymore. And I said it's the same today. Men and women, amen, they will try to do their very best to try to, to care Amen. For their guilt and some that do experience shame, they will try to take care of themselves. Have you ever tried to see, uh, you know, when your children have done something wrong and you know they've done it wrong? Mom used to have a cookie jar in the kitchen and uh, it made all kinds of racket when you took the lid off of it. I think it was that way on purpose. <laughs> you take that lid off of that glass porcelain cookie jar. And it didn't matter where mom, if mom was outside, she would say, get out of that cookie jar. Right. <laughs> you remember? Anybody else remember that? It wasn't, uh, I'm serious. And, but it's like this today when, and we've tried, you've done a look at it, and the plant look 
face. And she knew very good and well that I had been in the cookie jar. So we tried to, I'm just moving it around, Mom. I just, I didn't bother just moving it around. Mama knew about it. Can you say amen? Mama knew about it. We tried to hide it. We tried to conceal it. We tried to cover it up. Sometimes someone say praise the Lord. We, we tried to cover it up. Men, men and women do the same today. They try to, I didn't, I didn't do no wrong. I didn't sin. Amen. We sweep it under the rug. They try to band-aid. And they try to cover it up with a band-aid. And it, that's only temporary. It doesn't last. God, God reveals it. And God knows about it. Someone say amen. That's what Adam and Eve had done. They tried to band-aid their problem. They tried to handle it themselves. They couldn't handle it themselves. In the book of Luke, we read from uh, the 12th chapter, the Bible says that there was an innumerable multitude that had gathered together in so much that they trod upon one another. Now, how many would you think that would be? A whole bunch. If they were pushed together and they were just trying to get to where that Jesus was at, wanting to hear him teach, wanting to hear him preach, amen, wanting to see the miracles that he would do, Amen. They were packed in there tight like, like a sardine can. They wanted to get close to where Jesus was at. But the Bible says in verse 2 of that same chapter, uh, he began to talk to them and he told his disciples and the multitude, he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now, verse 2 says, for, for there is, he said that there is nothing that is covered that shall not be revealed, neither is there anything that is hid that shall not be made known. Right. Amen? Amen? No matter what people do today, they think, well, mama's not going to know this, daddy's not, my wife or my husband are not going to know this. It don't matter whether they know it or not. There's an all-seeing God that's watching you, that's watching me. Amen? I, I'm serious. When we were boys, we'd done things we weren't supposed to do. We'd sneak off and hide and do those things thinking nobody was going to see us. Nobody was going to know about it. But bless God, there was a God that seen what I did. <laughs> Aren't you glad that he's watching you? Child of God ought to be thrilled that God's watching after you. The sinner man ought to be one that has resentment and bitterness in his heart because God's watching him. But I'm glad God's watching me. I get out of line. I need help. God kind of pushes me nudges us back in the pathway where we need to be. But Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, for it is hypocrisy. And he said, there's nothing that's covered that will not be revealed, neither is there anything hid that will not be made known. I wonder what Adam and Eve were trying to think about when they'd done what they'd done. When they tried to cover themselves, what were they trying to do? Surely they knew that God even would see that they were up to something. You can't slip nothing over on God. You can't just hide it and say, maybe he won't notice. No, no, no. If God knows the number of the hairs that are on your head, he knows everything about you, what you're thinking before you even think it, what you're going to do before you even do it. He said, there's nothing that is hid that will not be revealed. You say, Brother Puckett, why are you preaching like this today? There's a reason. We need to get in shape. We need to get in line. We need to get covered because the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is imminent and you've got to be ready. I've got to be ready to meet the Lord. My God. 
I want to hear him say, well done, good, faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. Now I'll make you ruler over many. Well, bless the name of the Lord. God's good, ain't he? Well, let's, let's go back to the garden just for a moment. Uh, look, I, I got thinking about, surely they knew that God would, was, would see them and they knew that it, they were up to something. Kind of like this, maybe, maybe their uh, modern day language would have fit in in the garden. They, look, God, we started a new business, a new wardrobe line. Fig Leaves Unlimited. <laughs> Someone say praise the Lord. Lord, it's not that way today. Fashion's today. When I begin to think about fashion, fashion industry today is, is uh, it, it would seem that they're trying to uh, go back to the original garden design. They're trying to take as much off as they can take off without having to be put in jail. I guess you can see it that way. They wanted to reveal themselves. Little or no, clothing seems to be the trend for a lot of worldly people today. Can you say amen? amen. Uh, it, 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 was, it was sin's shame that made them sew fig leaves together. They, they were ashamed. They, they knew that they were guilty of transgression of the law of God, and they were afraid. This world today is so wicked and it's so corrupt uh, that I'm afraid that the same has, has been removed from our vocabulary. Vocabulary. There's things when we talk about shame, people aren't very much shamed anymore. They just, you know, they don't care. Wear what they wear, want to wear on their t-shirts and, you know, if you say something about it, I'll take you to jail. My, my approach is if somebody is brazen and bold enough to have something vulgar on their shirt, you ought to be brazen enough to say, where'd you see that at? Who told you that was right? Where'd you hear that at? <laughs> Raise them up, you know, get them to talk about it. You know what you're doing? You're sticking your foot in the door that you can tell them about Jesus. They need to get a different covering on them. They need to get a different covering on them. I'll get there in just a moment. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Well, don't you love the Lord today? And that's the way there. And I believe that people think that if they, if, if they uh, uh, put more comfortable terms on what they do as far as sin, it don't seem so bad. All right, you know, we don't, I'm, I'm going to tell you what the Bible calls it. Can I do that? The Bible calls it drunkenness. But man calls it alcoholism. The Bible calls it adultery. And man calls it an affair. The Bible calls it sodomy. But man calls it gay. Pornography is just adult literature, they say. Someone say Amen. And no, I, I've run down a, one of those righteous rabbit holes that we talk about. Uh, but it's like this. They even legalize it. Someone say amen. amen. And when they legalize it, they'll justify it. And you can't say nothing about it. But it's what this book says. Amen. It's what this book says. Well, it's like this. One day they'll realize that it's too late. Don't care how much they legalized it, justified it. One day at the judgment, it'll be too late. Let me say something. There, uh, that, that's why it's so important that when uh, some come into our church and they really and truly feel the presence of God, they get up out of their seat, they run to this altar. 
They feel guilt. They feel shame. Amen? And tears begin to run down their face. I'm talking about people that are sincerely and genuinely ashamed of what they have done. They're asking God to forgive them of their sins. That's, that's the kind of people I'm talking about right now. I, I've prayed with people in the altars. And then when they get up out of the altar, they've, they've been crying these crocodile tears. And they say, Pastor, would you just help me? My wife has left me. I thought he was repenting of his sins. Tears running down his face. But when people come to church and they fall on an altar, eyes, tears, their expression, God forgive me, and they're broken, and you know that they're praying for forgiveness, you ought to surround them. You ought to get up out of your seat. I don't care where you're sitting. If that's the only man that's at the altar, you need to get up out of your seat and come beside of him or her and cover them with prayer, God help them. God forgive them. They need your covering. They need it, God. Somebody say, praise the Lord. And they're sincere about what they're doing. You need to be sincere about what they're doing also, what you're doing also. They need forgiveness. You need to be right there beside of them. Aren't you glad with the Holy Ghost? I love the Lord, don't you? Would you clap your hands for the Lord right now? Let's give God praise. What a mighty God we serve. I want to read to you from Romans chapter 4 and verse 7. The Bible says, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. And we're not reading from just the book of Psalms a while ago about the man that happy is the man that uh, when he says that his transgressions are forgiven and his sins are covered. So it's a given fact that there's a happy person in the Old Testament because his sins are covered. Paul said in the book of Romans that there are other people that are just as happy as the Old Testament man, that his sins are also covered. There was a way that we read in the Bible in the Old Testament of how that, that sins were covered. Amen? And, and like I said, I, I can't seem to get uh, Adam and Eve out of my mind, but, but I want you to know something. Uh, when God came down and spoke to Adam, he said, what's going on, Adam, basically? Uh, he, he told him about like this. He said, uh, you've got to ditch those fashion designs. And, and the Bible tells us that he gave them a brand new product line. Right. <laughs> he took their clothes and done away with them. And he made his own clothes. And they were robed in those clothes. Someone say praise the Lord. It might not have looked the best. It might not have been the best. But the Bible says that the clothes that they wore were made out of what? Animal skins. All right? It wasn't uh, the garland or the palms or beautiful leaves or flowers. It was wet, cold, slimy animal skins that was put upon them, and they knew what it was. Can somebody say praise the Lord? Find it in the 21st verse of 3rd chapter of Genesis. And in that, there was the first evidence the first time, amen, for the necessity of blood to be used to cover sin. All right. All right. From the book of Genesis all the way through to the very last book of your Bible, Revelation, there's a trail, or better yet, a stream of red blood that flowed from Genesis all the way to Revelation. And it there because it needed to be there. Because that blood was responsible for covering a multitude of sins. 
and in that where this first evidence of, of blood was shed. Although the Bible says that, that there was a line or a trail, if you please, amen, I want to say it like this. It comes up to the cross. From Genesis into the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it comes to the cross. Yes. And you find that it's finalized right there yes. by a man by the name of Jesus. Yes. He shed his blood for you, 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 us. Not those of that day alone, but for each and every one of us. Someone say praise the Lord. Aren't you glad for the Holy Ghost today? I'm glad for the Holy Ghost today. People, uh, here lately, uh, Brother McKinney mentioned a while ago, we pray, we're praying for, for Israel as well. And uh, we, we just, it's a sad situation, it really is. Innocent lives are being lost and we pray for them. And for years, not just recently, but for years, uh, the center of attention has been the Dome of the Rock. It, it is there in that area that the Jews need to be able to use it again for the sacrifice unto God in a future time. The um, Muslims take it and they say that it's important to us because this is where Muhammad ascended into heaven. Right? The Israelites believe and they teach that that same place is where that Abraham offered up his son Isaac as a sacrifice. So there's contention there between them. And we understand that that sacrificial system was in the Old Testament, amen, all the way from the book of Genesis through. Now, why, you say, why in the world were so many animals killed? Why, why was the poor little lambs, you know, we, we was teaching this, past, this Wednesday on, on the shepherd and the sheep. And uh, why were there so many lambs that were killed? So many animals that were sacrificed. I, I want to say this. You, you may know this already, but I want to tell you again. An animal cannot sin. All right? It may go against your wishes. It may go against your training. It may even act like a demon dog. I don't know. Or a demon cat in Brother McKinney's case. <laughs> But they can't sin. God required a sinless offering. And he found that in the animals. Do you, you see now why we are so thankful? Why I can say I am so thankful about what Jesus did for us? Because he was sinless. You and I were sinners. He was sinless. I couldn't offer myself. I couldn't offer my wife or my children because they were sinners. But there was one that loved me and you enough that was without sin. And he laid down his life and he made a covering for every one of us today. That's why it's important you go to church. That's why it's important. Oh, glory to God. That's why it's important that you love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Be faithful to God. He was the sinless one. Nobody. You've got to have that sinless one in your life. Someone say praise the Lord. In the book of Leviticus chapter 23, on the 10th day of the 7th month, God told Moses, he said, there shall be a day of atonement, a holy convocation, and you shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. They brought that lamb or that precious little sinless sheep 
And they would lay their hand upon the head of that offering, that sacrifice, symbolizing they were transferring their sin onto that sinless lamb. And then it was sacrificed. It was put to death for their sins. Atonement means a protective covering to go over something. Someone say, praise the Lord. So when sacrifice was made, it was a covering over transgressions. Can you say amen? amen? It was a covering over transgressions. You read also that in the Ark of the Covenant, the, the big, bright, shining piece of gold that had the two cherubims on it called the mercy seat. You read also of how that the Ark of the Covenant, that it had a covering on it. A lid, if you please. And that lid was called the mercy seat. And it covered. office about the tabernacle. And well, in that tabernacle, it had four, labor, four layers of covering over top that tabernacle. Covering in the word of God was so valuable. It was important. And we read of how that now that the sacrifice became that covering. It was a covering that was needed. Someone say praise the Lord. That ark had something in it that was special. The commandments of God, the, the manna, the bowl of manna, Aaron's rod that budded. And, and these, this covering of lids, I said, was on top of that, and it was made of gold. This was the place where the high priest brought the blood of the sacrificed animal, and he met there with God, and he presented it to God upon that mercy seat. We needed, he needed God to be present there. He needed the blood of that sacrifice to be present there, to be able to cover the sins of Israel for another year. They did not get forgiveness of sin. It was just pushed ahead for one more year. And the following year, the seventh month on the tenth day, the same thing was repeated. But thank God, one day, I don't know the day it was, I don't know the time it was, that Jesus came and he laid his life down and became the ultimate supreme sacrifice for your sin and mine. And he covered not just you and not just you, but he covered everybody. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I'm going to tell you something. If you ain't got the covering applied, if you haven't got the covering applied to your life tonight, you better get covered. There's no way out of this life without the covering of God in your life today. Bless God forever. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, if it hadn't been for that covering that, that the Lord required, if it had not been for that covering, amen, there would be no way that anybody could have or a continuing relationship with God. God made it possible for Adam and Eve because of the covering that he made for them. God made it possible for the children of Israel to be able to have a relationship with them because of the covering process that he made for them. God's made it possible for every man and woman, every boy and girl, making it possible for them to have a relationship with him because of the covering that he made. Somebody say praise the Lord. As I said, the sins that Adam and Eve had committed, when they took those coverings and they put it upon their bodies, it gave them a relationship with God. They were not able to have a 
relationship in the garden anymore. Enjoy the splendor thereof, but they still were able to have relationship with the Lord. Someone say praise the Lord. Don't you love the Lord today? God's been good to me. He's helped me. He's blessed me. Someone say praise the Lord. I'm going to ask if you'll give me just a moment of your time. i got something I need to illustrate here. Everybody's probably got one of these somewhere in your house, similar. This was given to Sister Puckett when her mother passed away and as a, a sympathy gift. And, uh, it lays on the back of one of the kitchen, one of the uh, living room furniture. Don't use it very much because it seems to be kind of precious. But it's a covering. And uh, this time of the year, they really come in handy, don't they? When you get old, you get a little cold sometimes, cold a little quicker. <laughs> if you've been outside working during the day, the close of the day, you come in, you find, where's them blankets at? Where's the cover at? You know, And you just throw it over your lap for a little while, and before you know it, you're done off in the world, off in a la-la land, some another world somewhere. But uh, we, we, we take that. It's a covering. Uh, I love the Lord, don't you? And God's been good to me. We put it over our bodies, and we, we cover up to be able to take care of the chill that's threatening our body. <laughs> Is that a way to look at it? We put it over us because there's a need to take and protect our body. And I know it's a simple illustration, but uh, it, it should be an understandable one. There are all kinds of covering, and I've been praying. I got thinking about how that, you know, I needed a covering to get from the, the uh, parsonage over there to church just now. It's called an umbrella. Shed the rain off of me. I get, I get thinking about our skin. You know, the largest organ in our body is a covering. You know, it, it, it shields you from a lot of the environment. Really, it does. You need a, there's all kinds of covering. It paints a covering, carpet, anything is a covering, and it's there for a purpose. Coverings are not just there. And as, as I was thinking about how that uh, we all need coverings, I looked and I found the, the words, as I said, we started, we've got you covered. I can't remember the insurance company that, that says that, but we've got you covered. And all the businesses and all the people and all the slogans that were ever written by whomever wrote them, it said that there were 78,900,000 different entities that used those words, we've got you covered. But none say it so well as the Bible. I've had insurance companies tell me, well, we got you covered. You're covered for that. And you go to file the claim. Oh, I'm sorry, you don't have that kind of insurance. Anybody been there? Yeah. Or somebody say, I've got you back. I've got you six. Or I've got you covered. And you turn around and they're running that way. But the Bible <laughs> is the only one that can truly say that they've got us covered. None are so true or so well. As what the Bible says, someone say praise the Lord. I, I want to read to you from Psalms 91, verses 1 through 4. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I don't know. Maybe it's just a preacher thing. But I would not rather find any other place of refuge or any place to shelter myself than under the shadow of the Almighty. <laughs> Woo! That's the sweet name of the Lord. He said, and that's the place I will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers. <laughs> oh, bless God forever. And under his wing shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. If there was anything that I ever needed to get under, to be anywhere else. Outside of that, I'm in trouble. My God, when I get away from the covering, when you get away from the covering, you're in trouble. Oh my goodness. We used to take our children and bring them up in the bed with us. They kick and squirm and worm around. What do they do? They want all the covers off of them. Here you are trying to freeze. Thank you, freeze them. They're trying to keep them covered up, but they try to squirm and worm around. Can you say amen? They need to be covered up. You need to be covered up. I'm not talking about with this carnal blanket here. I'm talking about the Spirit of God, the anointing of God in your life. You need the covering. God's got you covered. Somebody shout hallelujah. God's good, ain't he? Psalms 105 and verse 39. Aren't you glad with the Holy Ghost today? He spread a cloud. Remember the covering? that he put over Israel between the Egyptians and between the Israelites. He spread a covering. God spread a covering in the Old Testament. Can you say amen? amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you better be covered. Amen. We're protected by the authority to which we submit. Started kicking it off. <laughs> We, we all are protected to the, uh, to the authority that we submit to. Can you say amen? amen. You hope that when you've got that uh, sign stuck up in your yard out there, protected by ABC Protection Service, that when somebody breaks in your home, that they're going to be right there. So you, you, you kind of submit to that. You, you're protected or you feel like you're protected by the authority of what you submit to. Unsubmitted means you're unprotected. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Unsubmitted, you're unprotected. It would be senseless, let me say something. Uh, it would be senseless to go back to the insurance company to file a claim with an insurance company when you don't have insurance. You could call up ABC Insurance Company and say, I just wrecked my car. I, I need you to come and tow it. and I need some help. I need you to fix it, pull the dents out of it, and whatever it got to be. Well, what's your name, sir? And you tell them the name and say, you don't have no coverage. <laughs> why, why do people, why are they that way? Why do they think that they can rely or depend upon somebody to help them when they ain't got no coverage at all? Let me give you something to think about. When you got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, God put a protection on you. God loves you so much that he died for you. He's not going to let you rot, spoil, and die out. He's going to take care of you. You know why? Because he put a covering on you one day. That covering was from the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He's not going to let you rot and spoil. He knows what you've got. He knows what you've got need of before you even ask. That's why I'm here to tell you tonight, get covered and stay covered. Don't worry about what's going on outside the church. 
Don't worry about what's going on in somebody else's family. You worry about your life, your family. Make sure it's in the house of God. Make sure that they're covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's a responsibility that I, I don't know if I can handle with a bucket. You better find somebody to help you. Amen. We need to be in the house of the Lord. We need to be in the presence of the Lord. Somebody shout hallelujah. God's good, ain't he? Oh, thank the Lord. You need salvation today. I'm serious. You need salvation today. If you don't have it, you need it. Don't worry. Jesus has got you covered. Deliverance. Anybody ever needed deliverance? God's got you covered. Healing. God's got you covered. Depressed, worried, down and out. God's got you covered. Problems at home. God's got that covered. You can go down a list and things that you didn't even know that well, God does that too. You can go down that list and you can find whatever you need and you can see at the very end, I've got you covered. God's got you covered. I love the Lord, don't you? <laughs> well, I'm glad he's got my back. I'm glad, I'm glad he knows what I've got needed. All I'm trying to do, all that I'm trying to do is trying to get somebody covered or at least try to do my best to introduce you to the covering. The covering is what we need. Well, I say amen. amen. I don't know about anybody else. Brother Kenny, come here just a second if you don't mind. Brother. Hold one corner of that blanket. It doesn't matter whether it's right or wrong, upside or down. It doesn't matter if covering works, whether it's, it don't matter, it's still warm. Brother, come up here just a minute. I need your help. When we come to church and the preacher starts preaching to us and say, you need the Holy Ghost. You need to get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Amen. You need to live a holy and a dedicated and a separated life unto God. You know what the preachers are trying to do? We're trying to do this right here. Right? We're just trying to cover him up. It's not by what we do, but it's by what Jesus does. It's not my covering. It's not his covering, but it's the covering of a God Almighty that loves him. Oh, thank God. That loves him so much, he wants to cover him. That's all the preachers are trying to do. It's not a game to us. It's real. You need covered. And there's no covering any other way except through Jesus Christ. Clap your hands to the Lord. Give God praise. Thank you, brother. Amen. So when you see the preacher coming towards you, uh-oh, I've done it now. All he's trying to do is just put that covering around you. It don't matter whether you're down and out. It don't matter whether you've got problems in life. He's just trying to put the presence of the Lord in your life that you can get covered, that your sickness will leave, that your depression will go away, that your family problems will be resolved. That's all the preacher wants to do is to help get you covered. He loves you. He loves you. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. Don't hate you. 
Preacher, you just hate me. No, I don't hate you. I don't want to see you die and go to hell. And if what I'm trying to do seems to be a little aggressive at times to try to point you in the right direction. But you know what happens? I wish I had a little wormy kid up here. <laughs> Squirmy, wormy kid. You know, try to put a cover on them and just try to change them. You know? <laughs> Stop just a minute. You ever done that? Look, trying to put a sock on the snake, they say. You just, there's worm all over the place. We're that way. All God's trying to do is just get us covered up. Try to protect us from what lies ahead. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I love the Lord, don't you? The covering's what we need. But it's sad there are those that will run away. And they will leave the covering after they've gotten warm. After they've been full. After they have been delivered and sanctified. Satisfied, not sanctified. After they have been satisfied, who needs the covering any longer? Isn't that the way people do? They'll come in just long enough. Oh, it feels good in the house of the Lord. God, I've got problems, I've got sicknesses, and, and the Lord moves in those situations, and the next thing you know, they're not there. They've left the covering. Those people are in terrible danger. They may not know it, but they're in danger without the covering of the Holy Ghost in their life. God's good, ain't he? My encouragement to you is to get covered and stay covered. I got one verse I want to read to you before I close. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8, it says, For charity, everyone knows that charity is love. Love shall cover the multitude of sins. What great love that God has for us. Amen? We're taught that verse in the Bible, one of the most primary verses that we are taught, John chapter 3, verse 16, for God so loved. Didn't he do that? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Why? For a covering. He knew I was going to need a covering. Because my attempts and my efforts, sowing up these little leaves and putting them all over me, was not going to work. It took the covering of the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul said, for the love, it covers a multitude of sins. That's all we got to do, just get them to church. Got to get them covered. You get them here where they can get covered, got to cover them. Can you say amen? Well, do you love the Lord? Well, would you clap your hands for the Lord? Give God a praise. Amen. Now, as the musicians come back to their instruments, Brother Kenny, come back to the platform. My desire is no matter who you are, what walk of life you come from, what church you go to, it's irrelevant right now. 
What did you get covered? There's nothing no greater that will happen in your life than to be covered by the love of God. Can you say amen? He loves you more than you can ever imagine. Loves you more than you can even think. Amen? Would you please stand with us? We're going to pray. Brother McKinney, would you?